Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting alongside my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, as the Packers wrap up their offseason program, Thursday is the final minicamp practice. If there's maybe been one theme you could tag to these OTAs and the minicamp, it's been a, a little bit of a boost in the 11-on-11, 11 11, yeah. the, the team reps, as they say. That's certainly by design for Mike McCarthy. wanted to focus on the passing game a lot during the offseason program because it's really hard to get a lot of work done in the running game You know when the players aren't in pads and you can't go full contact, so to speak. But... Um, it also makes sense to do a lot of this 11-on-11 work in the spring here when two of the position groups where you have a lot of young players you're trying to get ready are wide receiver and cornerback because not to say pads don't matter, but they matter maybe a little bit less at those positions than those interior guys, and hopefully the development is going to pay off. And, and you've been covering this team, Mike, a lot longer than I have, but in all of my years, this to me feels like the most competitive uh team periods that the Packers have had during an offseason program. And I say that because even the pass under pressure, 11 on nine periods, they've done a lot of those too. And those have been amplified. It seems like they're doing a lot of red zone stuff with that. I would agree. Uh, And then, you know, the 11 on 11 this week in particular, I think that's so important because you've seen what Aaron Rodgers does and and how he can lead the offense in 11 on 11 period. You haven't seen that yet with Deshaun Kaiser, Tim Boyle. This is your first time seeing it. Brett Hundley, all of his experience this offseason, you know, two, three months of classroom work, putting that out there now on the field. I think that's really important to see what these guys have to offer and give those young receivers a chance to make some plays. Joe Philbin was asked about this uh, this week during the offensive assistant coaching availability. And, you know, he's basically the premise of the question was, can you really draw that much from these practices with these guys running around in shorts? And I thought he had an interesting answer when he's like, well, if a guy doesn't look good running around in shorts, there's something to draw from that too. So <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you want to see these guys perform. Yes, it's a different game once the pads go on, but this is really the chance for, you know, Jamon Moore, EQ St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to go out there and show everything that they put on film in the pre-draft process and show that those traits can carry over to the next level. Yeah, and that carryover then goes into training camp. The first couple days of training camp will still be without pads before right. the pads go on, so there's, there's a little bit of that acclimation period. But when you talk about the competitiveness of it, you know, I this is my 13th season covering the Packers uh, from this type of position, and the uh, the I guess I'd say the boisterousness of some of the coaches, the competitiveness of the players arguing when a flag comes out, whether it should be offsides or a false start. Yeah. You see that a lot in training camp. I don't know if I've seen as much of it, you know, in past years as, as we have in OTAs. The the competitiveness was definitely cranked up a little bit, and I don't know if that's because of the the pending competition for roster spots, the fact that there's a lot of new blood on the coaching staff. But it's just one of those things that that you notice when it's a little different than in past years. And Mike Pettin, when he was addressing the media this past week, saying that, you know, they don't want to sweep anything under the rug. They want to be able to have an open dialogue about what they're seeing and where they can improve. And that doesn't matter if it's the offseason program or training camp. He's, he's not afraid to speak up. Patrick Graham, the running game coordinator and inside linebackers coach, obviously not afraid to speak up. Yeah. And if they feel like there's a place where the energy isn't where it needs to be or the, the emotion isn't where it needs to be, 
there's going to be, you know, that's going to be made known. Yeah, it's it's a time where rookies are going to make mistakes, and, and you're going to want to make sure you correct those things. But the one thing that everybody controls on the field is your energy level this time of the year. And it just seems to me, Mike McCarthy, one of his big mantras this whole offseason has been wanting to, to really increase the energy with the coaches, with the players everywhere across the board. And I think when you look at these young guys coming in trying to impress, whether it's the running backs, the receivers, or even the defensive backs where there's so many guys competing for jobs, it just seems like there's a higher sense of urgency. Yeah, I think so too. A lot of that, I think we've seen it this week certainly in the minicamp with all the veterans being excused. The young players know, okay, this is my time that now I'm going to take some reps with the ones where I was always on the twos and threes before. The guys who have always been on the threes, they get to move up and take some reps with the twos. They get a little bit bigger stage. It's their chance to put a few more snaps mm -hmm. on film. This is important stuff. I mean, now, granted, I, I personally don't believe the competition for roster spots and all of that and for playing time really begins until the pads go on in training camp. But at the same time, it's all about making an impression and and making that impression so that the coaches – when you come back for training camp, they've maybe already got their eye on you a little bit. Absolutely. You and I were both prep reporters way back when at the Green <laughs> Bay Press-Gazette, non-concurrently. But, you know, when all the Packer beat reporters would go away, you know what happened? It was Wes Hodkowitz got the, got the playbook. Yeah. You know, he, I'm the one that got the list of agents in case anything happened or an extension went down. That's the experience you get when the veterans are away. That's right. And, yeah, it isn't going to ultimately dictate anything today. But in two months from now, when jobs are on the line, it's those kind of experiences you can harken back to you know, in, in trying to claim one of those 53 spots on the active roster. Absolutely. With that, we're going to go to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford in this chair, Wes Hodkiewicz in that one. Wes, we talk a lot about how certain players, they look different when the pads go on later in the summertime. There's a player, and we touched on this in an earlier episode, who looks a lot different this year without the pads on. And I'm talking about third-year offensive lineman Jason Spriggs. Mm -hmm. He's just flat-out bigger and stronger than we've seen him through his first two years in the NFL. He first came to the Packers as a second-round pick from the University of Indiana back in 2016. You got a little insight into his uh, meal plan, I guess we would say, in terms of uh, how he's uh, remade his body a little bit. What did you find out? Yeah, and to me, Mike, just again, looking just the eye test, um, this is the most drastic body composition change I've seen, I honestly believe, on since Mike Neal, uh, going back to 2013. But that was Neal dropping yeah, weight. Yeah, say that was that was the opposite. But yeah. you're right, in terms in terms of the difference uh, coming back from the end of one season to the start of the next offseason, it, it is definitely different. At the beginning of the locker room interview uh, with Jason Spriggs, and I got a chance to talk to him by myself, but Larry McCarron had mentioned to him that, you know, it almost looks like Jason Spriggs in a half uh, with the weight <laughs> he's put on. He added about 20, between 20 and 30 pounds. He said he's actually now in the, hovering in the 320s, so he was really light. Uh, at tackle, and he said that goes back to his high school days. He's a phenomenal athlete. 4.94 time in the 40 was the fastest among offensive linemen back at the 2013 NFL Scouting Combine. Still did 31 reps of, of uh, 225 pounds on the bench press, but it just never has been natural for him to put on weight. Uh, and if you remember him coming in here, 
he was a physical specimen. I mean, he was legit lean. Yeah. I mean, there was not really an ounce of fat on him. But we talked about how he had the frame. Six the, foot the, six? Fir the first day we saw him, it's like you look at that frame and you're like, that is an offensive tackles frame, and he looks like he can carry more weight. Yep. Now he now he is carrying I said weight. this from day one with him. He has big paws. You can see how that frame can fill out. We yep. saw it with David Bakhtiari, and you're starting to see it now with Spriggs. But to your original question, how did he go about doing that? This isn't Wes Hodkowitz after his freshman year at UWGB I mean you wanted to put on <laughs> clean healthy weight yeah you don't want yeah. you know fatty tissue and stuff like that it's one thing to gain 20 or 30 pounds it's one thing to be able to be able to function with that weight so him and the uh, director of performance nutrition with the Packers Adam Corzin the strength and conditioning staff they all sat down mapped up a plan for him Spriggs ended up spending his entire offseason in Green Bay. Originally, that was just because of the knee injury, rehabbing that. But then once he was cleared, he still decided, you know what, I'm going to see this thing through. What the situation called for was basically him waking up, eating a mini breakfast, as he calls it, going back to sleep, <laughs> coming into Lambeau Field, eating breakfast at Lambeau Field, the facilities here, lifting, working out, eating lunch, going home, having a snack, having a pre-dinner, a dinner, and then another snack before dinner. Uh, before, before bed, bed. Yeah. another second before dinner. Um, <laughs> and he said, he was asked the question uh, by one of the other beat reporters about, you know, how many calories do you think you're taking in a day? He's like, I couldn't even tell you. I just <laughs> measured it by meals. But right. the end justifies the means. And Jason Spriggs looks like a much more fuller uh, tackle. And he knew, he knew he needed to do that to be better against the run and also to hold up better against bull rushes. Yeah, and what we've seen so far... Uh, in the minicamp, at least this week, is Jason Spriggs and Kyle Murphy with, with Brian Balaga still rehabbing, uh, David Bakhtiari, one of the excused veterans, and Balaga would be an excused veteran as well. Right. Um, they've been switching back and forth, right tackle and left tackle, with the number one offensive line. And we've talked about, uh, you know, depending on Balaga's situation, that starting right tackle spot might be open for week one. And Byron Bell was brought in as a veteran, but Jason Spriggs and Kyle Murphy are two guys who are going to compete for that. And Spriggs is doing everything he can from the physical side of things to put himself in the best position to compete. Absolutely. And, and by all accounts right now, Justin McCray is looking at that right guard position, potentially starting there. So not to say you still couldn't mix up some things there, but that's his primary motivation right now. The Packers drafted two tackles back in 2016 with Murphy and Spriggs, not necessarily because, you know, they need to replace anybody, but you wanted to have those guys developing and in your system. If anything happened like it did last year to Balaga or David Bakhtiari when he missed four or five weeks with the hamstring injury. Right. So now that these guys are there, they're filling out, they're healthy again. I know you talked to Kyle Murphy a little bit and his road back from the foot injury. Uh, the Packers, both of those guys, I thought, really had really shined in their limited opportunities last year. They just had the injuries creep back up to kind of take that opportunity away. Yeah, I'm really interested to see, as we talked about on our last show, just uh, how things are going to shake out on the right side of that offensive line and what we find out at the start of training camp with regards to Balaga and, right. and his status, whether he's going to be ready to practice or if he's on track to get back sometime during training camp to have a shot at week one. A lot of question marks there, but as we talked about, the guys who are competing for these spots and, and for the pecking order on the depth chart, it's a lot of guys who, at least now, they have some experience under their belts. And I like the cross-training philosophy with switching up Murphy and Spriggs a little bit because, honestly, Mike, that's what happens. You don't know where someone's going to go down. You don't know where they're going to have to fill in. You have to be able to be trained on both sides. Spriggs was a specialist. He was a left tackle his entire time at Indiana. Right. Developing that technique on the right side is equally important at this level. Yeah, and if Justin McRae is going to be the starting right guard, you don't 
don't have your Mr. Versatile Super Absolutely. Sub who can just jump in anywhere. You've got to have these tackles ready to play right side or left totally. side. So with that, we'll go to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford here, Wes Hodkowitz over there. Wes, shifting gears to the defensive side of the ball, we talk about guys coming back from injury and whatnot. Boy, what a difference a year makes for a guy like Vince Beagle. Last yeah. year at this time, essentially not doing anything but trying to recover from foot surgery. He had arrived in Green Bay as a fourth-round draft pick out of the University of Wisconsin participated in the rookie orientation right away, then had to go have surgery on the foot, was then on PUP, missed all of training camp, didn't really get back into practicing at all until late October, about midway through the season. But now here he is, year two, or maybe year one and a half in, <laughs> in a sense. But he's been on the field all the way along, um, been here through the entirety of the off-season program, and uh, yeah, this is a guy who has some things to prove on the field, but he's putting himself in the right position to do it because he's been healthy. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And, and I know that was such a tough thing for him last year, having surgery on your feet like that, uh, at, you know, on the same time and going through that process, it's not easy. And, you know, he yes, he's able to be in the meetings and be in there with Clay Matthews and develop those relationships, but you, you can't simulate that on the field stuff. And even when you get back in there, we've seen this with J.C. Treader, um, you know, a guy that's a bona fide starting center in this league, just how difficult that is when you start the year on PUP and try to catch up as a young player. Right. I think the older you are, the longer you've been in this league, the easier it is. But as a young guy, it's not an easy task in your first, you know, two or three seasons. That was where, you know, Beagle admits he was playing catch-up, and it's not easy to, to catch up on, you know, NFL players that have had months and months of preparation on field uh, to, to get ready for those moments. That being said, he ended last year healthy. Uh, he was able to do everything he wanted in his training this offseason. He spent some time down in San Diego in February. In March, went to Los Angeles and trained with Clay Matthews and David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Aaron Rodgers. The list goes on and on of other teammates that he was working with all to get back here in April and start competing for a spot in that rotation. The opportunity's there, Mike. I mean, we've seen what's happened. You know, Clay Matthews has missed most of the offseason program. Nick Perry has been out this offseason. They've given a lot of those reps to those young guys. So everything that Vince Beagle really missed out on last year, he's been able to almost get a double dose here in year two. Yeah, and for all the talk, obviously, about the Packers not taking an outside linebacker and edge rusher until the seventh round of this year's draft, really when you look at how things have shaken out with Beagle, it's as though the Packers are getting a fourth-round pick at outside linebacker right. this year because his rookie season in many ways was, was a wash. When he did get into ball games. You know, it was, I'm sure, with a very limited sliver of the playbook that it was like, okay, this is a role that yeah. he can play. He can spell a guy for a few snaps. This is going to be a completely different situation. He's looking at wanting to be maybe that next guy that goes in at outside linebacker, um, you know, to spell a Matthews or a Perry. And maybe it's for an entire series. Maybe it's for an entire drive, something like that, like that not just a play or two. So um, certainly looks in shape. And, um, 
you know he's a guy who's uh, who's going to be fired up to put those pads on, get out there in those preseason games. Another thing yeah. that he didn't get last year, he's going to have these preseason games in August to uh, to get ready. Um, really interested to see exactly what he's going to bring to the table in Mike Pettin's defense. Yeah, he said since the beginning, I mean, this has all been a maturation process for him. And yeah, you have the in-state ties. He was at you know Wisconsin Rapids High School. He went to Wisconsin. He played uh, under Jim Leonard there when he was a defensive backs coach. Uh, and, you know, Leonard has a has a really long history with Mike Pettin, and they've had those conversations amongst themselves. And the fact that he played in a 3-4 with the Badgers and Dave Aranda's system, uh, those all helped him in terms of making that transition. But as you and I both know, and I know our producer Marvin knows, it's almost like the first day of high school again, right? I mean, you might have your pens, your books, and all that fun stuff. We're going into the Weston way back. We are. We're, we're dialing it back today. My goodness. But, but for real, think about it. I yeah. mean, the fact that you, you can be as prepared as you want to be, but until you start going through those classes, until you start getting a feel for what this is like it's an entirely different world and I think that's the one thing Vince Beagle has experienced and the fact that he's been willing to go out to California in these different places to improve himself as a football player he's really just been absorbing all that knowledge from Clay Matthews and company in that room because as you said and you laid out perfectly there is opportunity in that rotation there's snaps to be had behind Matthews and Perry and he wants to be one of the guys that gets in on that yeah absolutely with that we'll go to another break back with more on Packers unscripted right after this Back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford next to Wes Hodkowitz. And Wes, we're about to take a, uh, a summer break here from the show as the players and coaches also take their summer break. Um, we don't get to leave the office for five weeks. Uh, we, no. we don't quite have that kind of cred around here. But, uh, um, but that being said, before we go on a little bit of a hiatus, there's one other thing I want to touch on because um, it's gone a little bit maybe unnoticed, you might say, in that players the Packers ended last season with a lot of players on injured reserve and a really good sign this spring is that most of those guys were able to get back and be on the field and be in a lot of 11 on 11 work um during this offseason program we talked already about Jason Spriggs and Kyle Murphy there is a question obviously with Brian Balaga we did not see him um during OTAs and we'll wait for an update in training camp on him but uh, you talk about guys like Kentrell Bryce Quentin Rollins, Ty Montgomery, uh, Herb Waters, who's trying to make a fight for a roster spot here. These are guys who dealt with some pretty serious injuries last year. They were able to kind of get their feet back under them here during the spring, and and it's a good sign for them moving forward that they can try to to fight for roster spots and playing time. With as deep as the IR list was at the end of last season, I think it was like 13 or 14 players by the time it was all said and done. Uh, I, I was blown away uh, during that first uh, OTA practice by seeing as many guys being back on the field. Uh, Quentin Rollins coming back off the Achilles injury. We saw Kentrell Bryce with the ankle surgery, you know, being around on the scooter for most of the second half of last season yeah. in the locker room. Yeah. And he's able to make it back. Kyle Murphy getting integrated back into things after having his own foot surgery. Uh, so I have to imagine if I was Mike McCarthy and these coaches, that's something you want to see because, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at where Balaga's at right now. He's an experienced veteran. He's come back from this kind 
kind of stuff before. But, you know, a lot of these young guys, in some ways, this is their first quote-unquote major injury. So it's not only working your way back to get on the field, but also making that progress in your rehab to be cleared and to have those opportunities. I look at a guy like Kentrell Bryce, and Mike McCarthy was just effusive in his praise for him uh, during the final media availability he had before breaking for the summer and saying this is a guy that communication-wise, he's right where he needs to be. He had one of the best off-season, pro- off-season programs of anybody. And him coming off of that ankle injury and being able to sort of get back into a rhythm of things again, yeah. that's so, so important uh, for these young players and, and being able to not only put their best foot forward in terms of being back on the field, but a guy like Bryce is right in the thick of it right now for a starting spot. Yeah, he definitely is. And even if he doesn't necessarily become a starter with the, with the different packages and everything we're seeing that Mike Pettin is going to run, I mean, Kentrell Bryce is, is certainly in line for significant playing time in this defense. One guy we didn't see in the 11-on-11 work, but I think uh, if he had changed his jersey and slipped out there, he would have been just fine, at least by the way he looks. I'm talking about Kevin King yeah. because – you know, he was doing individual drills and everything like that, but he wasn't fully cleared from the shoulder surgery to do the 11-on-11 work. He would just uh, be off to the side, on the sidelines, doing push-ups and everything like that. Uh, you know, you talk about a guy who's itching to get out there. I yeah. mean, he's, you know, he's cool that he's like, hey, you know, it's a process, but uh, but he certainly sounds from the times that we've talked to him, he is fully confident he'll be ready to go for camp. Yeah, Michael, how many? I don't know how many push-ups you can do, uh, <laughs> but I mean, he's doing these marine push-ups on the the sidelines. Oh, he's like, doing he's doing twenty or thirty at yeah. a set, and the, and you see him do it at least four or five times during the during the course of a practice. He talked about that. He's like, you know, you just you do that during certain breaks and whatever. He says by the end of the day, you've got three hundred or four hundred of men. And it's like, okay, okay. I mean, it's boy. <laughs> and again, they're I, not the West Hodquits, arms spread out, all eagle. I mean, they are tight, elbows yeah, in. I mean, yeah. it was impressive. But he wants to build upper body strength. That's been a big emphasis for him coming back from the shoulder, you know, on that labrum and you know, getting that all strengthened back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he again, if you haven't seen him in person yet, not to belabor this point, but Kevin King is is a physical. He is a physical specimen. I know you used that term earlier, but six foot three, two hundred pounds. This is a guy that has great fluidity in his hip. He has good speed. When he's able to press, he really, you know, he packs a punch. Yeah, definitely. Well, as I said, we are going to take a little bit of a mm-hmm. break here on Packers Unscripted. Go on hiatus. Training I'm looking camp, forward to it. Training camp starts in uh, late July. It'll be here before we know it. But with that, we will sign off for now on Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com on Twitter. He's still at West Hod. I'm still at Mike Spofford at Packers is still the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy your summer.